All right. So we're here this morning uh, with Paul Simonelli from Simonelli Real Estate Corporation and Austin Tylek, mayor of North Tonawanda. I happened to head out to North Tonawanda last week to eat dinner at the Canal Club. And that's when I met Austin for the first time. And we had a great time, talked about a lot of urbanism. And when you think about urbanism, at least I don't think North Tonawanda, until I go to Webster Street and see that this is just, I couldn't believe how incredibly bustling it was out there. We had just talked about this. We couldn't even find a parking space. We actually ended up parking on a little plot of grass that wasn't even a parking lot. And everybody- Illegally parked. So we illegally parked, yes. <laughs> we, had no, we had no choice though. And, uh, and Paul, you've been wanting to do a podcast and talk about downtown state of affairs in downtown yeah. Buffalo. Obviously your headquarters is right on Main Street at Fountain Plaza. Mm -hmm. And so you overlook, your office overlooks Fountain Plaza. So you get a pretty good vista about what's happening along you know, the strip of downtown Buffalo Main Street. And since COVID, things haven't picked up as much as we had hoped, right? Right. Um, right. And, and one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is you know, some of the things that we can do to improve the downtown core. Because obviously, there are a lot of things that need improvement. There are a lot of things that we've done right. It's, it's so cool to have somebody like Austin who is... How old are you, Austin? I'm now 31. 31. Wow. Let yeah. the young people take over. Yeah. Let the young men take Next generation. Exactly. So as far as mayors go, that's a pretty young age to be a mayor. It is. I was the youngest ever at 29 when I was elected. In NT, at least. In NT. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and can you just really quickly tell us like how you got to that position? Yeah. So I got my bachelor's and master's in architecture from UB. Worked for a pretty large firm called CPL or Clark Patterson Lee, which is a, there's a Buffalo firm, but it's based in Rochester. And we worked on a lot of municipal projects like ECMC's Lobby Edition, West Seneca Community Center, worked on veteran memorials. We worked every municipality one way or another, city of Buffalo to some degree too. So that led into me wanting to run for city council. So I was uh, elected as our citywide alderman at large for four years. And then before I ended that, I just decided to run for mayor, wanted to get more done, bring more balance to government, more development too, and was successful there. So I have been mayor for a year and a half. And where are you originally from? I'm fourth generation North Tonawanda. Okay, so, so North Tonawanda, go, go, go. Yes. Um, my great-grandfather started our parks department, actually. No way. Yeah. Let's Ram. Sure, yeah. That's really Yeah, cool. give the kids some myths and, and bats and have at it. That was it. Yeah. Well, isn't that, you know, where it all starts, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's quality of life. And I think when we think about quality of life, I mean, like going back to that Webster Street experience that I just had, I mean, I was blown away at all the restaurants were filled there. You know, the, it's such a it's such a cute little street. And uh, when you look at Webster Street, what do you think? Is there any like what what improvements can be made, if any, because like it just seems to be firing on all cylinders? I know it's pretty great. We have the history down there. And this really started, I would say, Two decades ago, Mayor Bergio really envisioned pumping up our downtown, right? We have three sides of water in North Tonawanda. So automatically you're like, okay, how do we utilize our waterfront, bring people there, make it a destination? And this downtown is really that focus point, I would say, whether it's the restaurants down there, great, great five-star restaurants, 
We have the Riviera Theater that brings in thousands of people on a weekly basis. We do weekly concerts at Gateway. There's Food Truck Thursdays going on, you know, and we've created this whole synergy, not just with the waterfront, the businesses, but even Tonawanda on the other side of the canal. So it's really become like a niche sweet spot between, you know, Niagara Falls and Buffalo, really. So we have a lot more planned. We were successful in getting the DRI, Downtown Revitalization Initiative, through Governor Hochul. Uh, that's $10 million that's going to be invested in public, private, nonprofit projects. And we're definitely not done. We have like, almost like, too much money wait, floating around. Too much money floating around. For development. Listen to yeah. that, Paul. You love that, Paul. Yeah, right? I knew there was such a thing. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Like, right? there's, there's never enough money. There's never enough money. <laughs> oh, I think. Right? And then you guys, then embarrassing. We have too much money. No, we definitely, <laughs> no, our budget we're working on, but development, we are healthy as ever. It, it's crazy. I, it's something around $100 million in development in the next year or so, just in North Tonawanda alone, which is a lot for us. It's not like a Buffalo, right? That's no, much larger, it's, but it's no, pretty it's, substantial. It's very impressive. Yeah. And, yeah. and the Barifato family is going to be doing something. Correct. Yeah. So so we help them with a little funding gap in that project. It's on Maine and Sweeney. Right. It's just a hole in the ground right now, but it'd be a mixed-use development. The Barifatos, they're going to be doing a restaurant on the lower right. portion, and then there's apartment units that'll be going above. So that's about a $4.5 million that's project, great. and and they're moving along. I get it. i to those guys. They're very excited about it. Yeah. actually grew up. Lou Riggio. Yeah, and they're the ones who operate Mississippi Muds mm -hmm. in, oh, in Old Man River. River. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of history there. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what was the last time, Paul, that you, you were out in uh, North Tonawanda? I'm, just, I'm brewing a little club yeah, you know, for Paul. Were you there last week? Yeah, I went because a bunch of buddies of mine went down on the boat and got off at Remington's and had dinner. Yeah, exactly. I was just there last night. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, how cool. So, I mean, so, I mean I, I'm there a lot. I ride. That's one of the routes that I do on my bike. Oh, yep. We connected to New York State so, Trail. Um, yep. Yeah, so I'm there a lot. This is not, I mean, I'm very impressed. I continue to be impressed. Mm -hmm. And then what's happening in, in North Taiwan, it goes to show you that, and we've seen it with, what do you call village setters and th that a really good job, whether it's Hamburg, East Aurora, Orchard Park's doing it, Williamsville, Snyder's starting to invest more into their village centers, I shouldn't say. And they're creating really good, walkable, user-friendly environments for people that gives them a feel of, you know, sense of community, a really good area to to just let, let work and play. They're all kind of feeding off. And North Tonawanda is another great example of that. Yeah, I think, you know, when we talk about downtown Buffalo, I think one of the things that we've always talked about is that there are these little pockets that are doing amazing, right? right. I mean, you've got Larkinville and you've got the Zemskis there and, and Rockover and Chandlerville. Chandlerville. They just I still, ran it. Now it's called Chandlerville. Well, no, he used to call it Chandlerville, so I have a hard time, like, uh, stopping calling it Chandlerville. <laughs> Chandler Street. Sorry for offending anybody uh, in Black Rock. And then, obviously, you got the main, the downtown Main Street core, and you got Chippewa, and you got Elmwood, and you got Allentown, and all these different things. Right. But we, I think that our focus today is really, like, downtown Main Street, which is where— In, in Buffalo. In, in Buffalo, okay. right. So what is the state of uh, of that area right now? Paul, like what, what are your thoughts on, on that? Well, it's gone, obviously, when we moved downtown in 2018, it was very vibrant pre-COVID, obviously. There's a lot of energy, and we were traditionally 30 years in the suburbs at a flagship office park at Centerpoint, and saw how the village of Williamsville really evolved with, you know, bars, restaurants, spun off now more housing, 
created a really good pedestrian experience for people. They energize it with things that they do, like the Thursday nights when they have bring all the bands and stuff in, and it's really crowded. And so programmatically, they've done a good job of energizing it. It's clean. It's you know great streetscape, things like that. They did the basics. A lot of times, the tendency is to really overthink a lot of these things, and sometimes it just comes down to just doing some basics to create that you know the flywheel effect to get the flywheel going, mm-hmm. create the momentum, and then momentum feeds momentum. And downtown Buffalo, we were having that, and then we lost it during COVID because what's unique to downtown Buffalo versus all the other places I talked to is what drives downtown, a bit majority of it was office workers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm on the board of Buffalo Place, and you know we always study all the employment records and whatever, and employment population, give or take, now these are, is in, I think somewhere around the 45,000 people work first shift, another 10,000 work second shift. So that's a lot of people in downtown Buffalo um, at one time. And now that was pre-COVID. Now the numbers have dropped off considerably. So what's happening around the countries is downtowns have to reinvent themselves again. Again. Yeah, one of the yeah. people that I really is a real thought leader on this, so I'm really impressed with, is a guy I follow as Richard Florida. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that. And he talks about don't even call them central business districts anymore because they're really not. And, you know, he gives a history of, of urban centers and how they've evolved over the last thousand years and gone through different iterations for various reasons. The theme that he always reiterates is they always survive by evolving. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think the city... A Buffalo downtown is at an inflection point. The mayor recognizes this. So obviously it's had its challenges. The good news is, is that the occupancies are fairly strong in, in the buildings that people are living in, all the residential downtown. And the occupancy in the office buildings are doing okay. It's what you really got to look at the utilization rate. It's one thing if they have a lease, it's another thing to know how many people are actually in that space. Well, let me ask you, can I ask you sure. about this? So, yes, everyone, once COVID hit, they're like, okay, I want to move into the suburbs of rural because now I can work remote. But I heard it's a kind of a mix of, okay, they've either A, kind of gotten bored and they want to come back, but B, like offices are actually bringing people back. Not every office Correct. is allowing remote because, you know, they might not necessarily trust that their employees are working as productively and so on, but it's a mix of the two, right? Yeah, and it's, you know, the remote work, when it first happened, you know, everyone saw productivity is great. Well, there's for, there was a lot of different reasons. Number one, some people are afraid for their job. So, you know, during a pandemic, it's like, all right, I'm going to pivot to remote work. It was a non-issue because of because there was a pandemic. So then I said, yeah, this is going to work, but let's see the long-term ramifications of remote work in terms of productivity, culture, you know, mentoring, all those other things, creativity. And it, it's a real challenge in to do that in a remote work environment well a lot of people well, I mean, one of the keys is having people living downtown i mean you, you know what i mean like office workers is great but it's it's not stable as we've obviously seen if you have people living downtown don't you think we should start seeing some conversions from like office buildings to residential buildings because well, people, just... people want to live downtown but it's yeah, yeah, the short answer is yes but i also think it's a mindset because employers one of the parts of our businesses we do a lot of real estate transactions is is a brokerage firm, whether we're representing the building owner or representing a tenant. And the parking requirements for downtown and sometimes some of the transactions we do are the same parking requirements for a suburban location. Yeah. That's wrong. No, no. And I've said this before. 
So what we need to do a better job of is a community is to say, wait a minute, how would you guys, A, I want to locate downtown or B, I want to stay downtown. Well, come in and, and let us do a presentation and live, work, play for your employees to say, wait a minute, why do you want to be in the sub? Why do you need all this parking? You need all this parking because everyone's commuting and mostly not using mass transit, which is a whole nother issue. What they should be doing is say, wait a minute, how many people really want to walk to work? Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what you said. No, there hasn't. I agree with you about the buildings, but I also think employers and building owners, because I remember we were working with Doug Jamal on up deal and the parking requirements were on. I couldn't even, we couldn't even satisfy them in the suburbs and it was ridiculous. And I said to Douglas one day, I looked at him and said, if we have to keep these parking requirements, you and I have failed as developers downtown. Because what it's basically saying is not one of my employees are living downtown based on these parking requirements. I go, that's wrong. Yeah. It should be working together with an employer to say, a goal is I want 25% or third, whatever that number is, makes sense, of my employees living downtown and walking to work. And there's so it's got to be a whole paradigm shift or a mindset change and stop with this parking, 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 because it drives, and ironically, somebody in the parking business, it drives me nuts <laughs> that parking is always one of the top issues in downtown when it should be pedestrian experience, walkable experience, creating more of a live, work, play environment and getting more people to walk to work. Yeah. Austin, in North Carolina, what I just saw the other day when I was out there, as I said, I can't, I can't say it enough. It was, pre it was pretty awesome to see. And that's why you're here. We're talking about uh, with Paul and myself about this. But what is this vibrancy that you're seeing out there? It, are these people that are living there? Are these people that are visiting? Is it a combination? It was just yeah, it's it's a combination. There are people that come from even different states, whether it's for a show or a certain band that's there. The restaurants, it's like a stop before that activity. So whether it's to do the bike trails that we are connected to throughout the state, which, Paul, you're aware of. And, you know, whether it's, again, a show or some event in Niagara Falls or Buffalo, we don't have the problem we have in North Tonawanda really is no hotel. So Niagara Falls, obviously, they have hotels. I think Lockport does too. And and that is, you know, a big goal of mine and others in North Tonawanda is how can we bring a hotel and really make it a destination for all different types of people. People live there. They, they work in Buffalo, myself included. When I was working for a firm, I worked where you're talking about, downtown, the Cobblestone District. Right. And I'd hop on River Road, Niagara Street, get there 20 minutes and so on, and then you know, do my thing and come back home. But hotel is something we're looking at. And we actually have an island. A lot of people don't realize Tonawanda Island is ours. There's only one bridge access. It, it was a heavy industrial island way back when. There's one restaurant, there's Smith Boys. It's a beautiful scenic kind of spot. And there's a, a massive parcel on the northwest side that's right now someone's actually purchasing it from a longtime owner it's processing but there is a public parcel right over the bridge that we've been working with a developer that's doing the Perry projects actually on some type of mixed-use project there as well and, and trying to create a catalyst for more people to eventually live there but 
Paul, if you want to build a hotel, I'll find a couple. Well, I don't know. I'm not in the hospitality business. But you so. can be in North Town. <laughs> 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 I might bid. Well, I have friends at ours, so I'll just say, All right, pass them my way. I, I, I'm serious. I'm, I'm making a mental note of that. Yeah, there, and, and make another note on Gateway. There is a, a this older, it used to be a hotel. Now it's just apartments right on Gateway. Right. The bustle of all that music that people don't even realize. And there is interest of converting it into a hotel. The building already exists. It, it lays like it, it blends in with the environment and uh, it's been talked about more and more recently. So we'll see. So Austin, when you think about downtown Buffalo and Main Street, what are some of the things that come to mind? Yeah, I mean, like Paul was saying, you want to head towards more walkability. I know, the, what is it, the Harbor Center down there really created a lot of that. I know people were talking about removing the Skyway at one point. I think it's pretty iconic. I like the out. Skyway. It's well, it's somehow the highest and best use of $300 million. Well, Go ahead. right. But, <laughs> but you know, it, create, it kind of frames the whole area. And, you know, Buffalo has done a pretty good job of utilizing that space under it, right? It was always yes. like you just pass over it. And somehow that was accomplished. Well, we know how, but all the development that happened down there and obviously the Sabres Arena, that's a big draw too. So like you said, so, with COVID, once that went away for the time being, that was I, a big I was hit. biking down there the other day and I couldn't believe the number, the, the amount of families that were down there, down at Canal Side, yeah. Harbor Center. Canal. I mean, it was incredible. It was, they were all going to a carousel. They were going to explore and more. Mm -hmm. They were going to see the Maritime Center's boat building project. Right. It, it was really wild. I, I couldn't believe it. there was everybody down there. Was it was all family oriented? That's I right. thought that was really amazing to see, and I was not expecting that. I mean, obviously, I know it's much more family friendly down there, but it was it was just great to see, you know, so much uh, hustle and bustle, almost purely families. It was it was pretty cool. Once again, getting back to your Fountain Plaza area right there, those concerts are amazing to see. Mm -hmm. What else do you think that we could do to bolster some energy? Down. Well, I think first, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with the mayor and his administration and, and the previous mayor is, you know, what, what government's role should be is take care of and in, invest in the infrastructure, maintain the infrastructure, keep it clean and safe and create a very user friendly environment. And if you do that, you don't have to then give incentives to companies to move downtown because I've always said it was sometimes incentives are basically saying I have an inferior product. So I basically have to give you, induce you to buy my inferior product. And I've said this to both mayors, invest in your product, and then you don't have to give the incentive. You follow me? Yep, yep. Take the dollars instead of giving it to some company that wants to come down. Because if you create a want to be there factor, they should want to be there. Yep. Right. And, and they should want to be there because their employees want to be there. They should, yeah, I want to be part of something. Well, if you want to be part of something, it means you got a good product. Why? Because you took the money to invest in it. So you don't have to go to the company and say, please come, please come. You know, it's like saying, I'll give you 20% off my product if you just buy it. Well, fix the product and you don't have to give the 20, take that money you're going to give to the to the business and you keep it and reinvest it into what you're supposed to be doing and stay in your lane, do your job. And the mayor hears that together with his team, you know, working with people like Brandy Merriweller and Brendan Mahaffey and those people, they get it. We've, again, we've had a little bit of a setback with COVID, but I think Merritt and his administration working very collaboratively with not only the building owners, but the residents downtown, building owners downtown. And it's great to see things starting to... Paul, but you're always, say, you're always saying that you travel to other cities yes. and that you come back and you're like, oh my gosh, what they're doing in these other cities is so cool. So can you give us some, some examples? I, you like, know, yeah, I mean, a perfect example is I like to compare us to what I would consider to be a pure city. 
not say, oh, they're doing this in Nashville or Allison. Of course they are. They got a hell of a tailwind there economically, demographically. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard not to. Pure city then. All right. Uh, Milwaukee. So perfect example is they talked about the Skyway. Well, Milwaukee has its version of the Skyway. Goes over, not the Buffalo River, goes over the Milwaukee River. So what did they do? They turned around, they developed Riverfront with a version of, I call it Larkinville on steroids, called the Historic Third Ward right outside of downtown, similar to what Larkinville is. And they have their version of the 190 going through downtown Milwaukee. But when, when Milwaukee did, it was the, I'll call it the equivalent of their outer harbor. They developed it. They put all their museums out there. They put linear parks out there. And they got it right. And then what they do is they start the first weekend of the summer. They kick off Memorial Day weekend with a big music festival. And every weekend after that, they have an event. So out in that, the equivalent of the, the Router Harbor. So it's a couple things they did. They invested in their infrastructure. They do a lot of the basics. They keep, and you go down and see all their grain elevators. They're well lit and they're painted. They're clean. They're neat. I mean, they have restaurants there that look right at those great elevators on the Milwaukee River. And then what they did was they invested in all this. It, it stimulated a lot of private sector dollars. And then they program it with great events and things like festivals and things like that to bring energy to it. What about the year-round factor? You know, people say, well, you know, it's Buffalo in the winter. I said, okay, do you ever travel up to Canadian cities? Go to Ottawa. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they people say skate to, down on the Rideau Canal and uh, the, the skate to work. And I know mm-hmm. it sounds a very Canadian thing to do. <laughs> but they literally skate down the Rideau River. So I've been down to, you know, cities like Montreal and Toronto and, and Ottawa and Calgary and cities like that that basically embrace winter, recognize it is, take advantage of it. They don't turn around and have this bunker mentality like I'll see in May. Austin, what is uh, what North Tonawada like in the wintertime? Well, it's the same as Buffalo, I would say. I mean, we are Niagara County, but the weather and time zone, as you joked, is is the same, though. But, but I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, our difference. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that's the great thing about Buffalo. I could never live in, like, Florida. I, every day would, to yeah. me, is like the same. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah. You know, I like the four seasons. I think people here like the four seasons. Yeah. Sure, we all complain when you're stuck behind that person. The first snow of the year, and it's like, did we forget how it snowed last year? <laughs> but, you know, the different seasons, you hop over to Holiday Valley from here. But then we have the water. We have beaches that aren't too far off. I mean... You well, really can you, do everything. It's not a like, do you got, snow do you, every, do you Yeah, snow. Like, I'm talking about how do you keep people excited and, and happy and busy in, in like, along Webster Street and, and other streets there, commercial districts. Like, what do you, do you do? Like, There's still events going on. There's still shows during the wintertime. I mean, alcohol still tastes the same during the wintertime, right? And the butter, sometimes better keeps you warm, you know? And so there, there's still ways that people can activate different spaces in, in North Tonawanda, even if there's snow on the ground. So last winter was pretty bad, obviously, and we were bunkered up for, for quite a bit. But I think we're just used to it at this point. Build a snowman and hang out with family. Yeah. Well, that's why I said, excuse me, for that's why I said, do you look at Piercy's like Milwaukee, very ethnic city on a great lake, pretty much a manufacturing tradition, a lot like Buffalo, very, similar. very similar to Buffalo. I think it's got to be a matter of focus. I think one of the things I get concerned about in Buffalo is we have a tendency to be a mile wide and an inch deep. We sprinkle too much money around to make people happy. I'll throw it. And everyone gets enough money to start a project, but not enough money to finish a project. 
And I just think you've got to focus because we have limited resources, whether it's from the state, the federal or local, and you got to focus your resources to create some wins and then build off the wins, not to get everyone started on something, but to focus your resources, concentrate them. And people could say, oh, wow, it's great. Look at the win. And if, and it feeds off of each other instead of my concern is sometimes, you know, we take money and we just spray it around just to make everyone happy. And it ends up, you don't end up really any real results from that. So you're saying basically, don't just start, here's some money, do something. And I agree with you, right? Every week, there's some developer or business owner who comes in the office. I want to do this. They want to do it, right? right? And then the city comes in with our development agency. We're like, here's how we supplement it to be better, right? Whether right. it's we, we help fill a little gap here to accomplish your goals, but ultimately they're coming to us and saying, we want to do this and we embrace it. And it's all different types of businesses. But the infrastructure piece that you brought up, you know, what initially people might just think infrastructure in the sense of what's underground, how the roads, water, sewer, and so on. But you're really talking about public amenity yes. infrastructure, right? Like in our case, waterfront, in Buffalo's case, waterfront, but in North Taiwan, same thing. How do we engage the waterfront? How do we bring people here? How do we bring businesses here? It's They see all these people, all this bustle, and it just grows and grows and grows. I mean, the great thing about Buffalo, I would say, on a national look, is it's relatively affordable for being a city. It might not be as big, but density is an important factor that we're all trying to strive for. But it's really stable here. You know, when when the economy crashes on elsewhere, it we I mean, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but we kind of sustain ourselves in a very localized level, right? Yeah. We we bunker up a bit and support local businesses. And I think that's the unique piece of Buffalo. Yeah, we yeah. don't hit the highs, we don't hit the lows. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's uh, sometimes a little smooth. It's like a joke that says, like jumping out of a one story building. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up. But last thing, just to ask both of you, Holly, you first, what projects are you excited about to see in uh, downtown Buffalo? What would I like to see or what? Or what would you like to see? Um, I, and I know the, the Pagula family, and thank you for doing what they're doing, is investing a lot into the stadium now. But I would like to see the the arena be invested in, and not only with the arena itself and bring it back up to what it was when, you know, into a world-class facility, and then leverage off of that keep the lights on there as much as you can between the Ann Harbor Center and build up more around that area. And of course, of course, the DLW. That is an anchor to stimulate other things. If you bring 18,000 people down there enough times, you create a great facility that can attract a lot of things and keep the lights on 150, 200 nights a year. That could agree a great stimulus to do other things. Like You can't do the DLW unless you have a vibrant arena. It's that simple. And the arena should be one of the key anchors, and we should look at it and plan around that. And we have a tendency to do this in Buffalo where, you know, it's like with the stadium or the arena. Well, the arena is the plan. No, the arena is part of a plan. I always said this. You look at what Columbus did. Columbus didn't develop an arena. They developed what they call the arena district yeah. when they did Nationwide Arena to get their hockey team. So you go there, and it's a big mixed-use development there, residential, retail, entertainment. It's got the arena. They didn't turn around, build an arena, do fill the dreams. Let's build it and hope they will come. It was part of an overall plan. So I think if we're going to invest $100, $150 million back in the arena, it's got to be like, okay, let's do this. But what is it leveraging? What is it creating? Let's figure out 
we do this, what what can we get more than just 150 million bucks into an arena? Austin. What am I excited about North Tonawanda? Mm -hmm. Okay. What would you like to see in when you? Well, we know he wants a hotel. Well, yeah. Now I'm pushing it while you're here, but (laughs) but but um, no. I mean, like I said, we have a a ton of development that's happening. We're we're expanding use of our waterfront. Obviously, Gretwick Park is a big piece of that too. The amount of events we have going on. I mean, every day it's something going on in North Tonawanda, and you wouldn't expect it if you aren't from there or go there frequently, but. You know, infrastructure is a big piece of my next few years is we're doing a citywide sewer water infrastructure studies to see what we need. It's we're over 125 years old. We're in a little industrial city there that we're trying to make use of and, you know, just pumping up our business district. So we have the downtown. We're going to be pumping more money through the DRI into pedestrian friendly initiatives, right? Streetscape enhancements. And the same now is Oliver Street. If anyone knows Oliver Street, oh, it is yeah, those great. little shops over, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really make a business just focused on cold cuts anymore. But now converting these smaller mixed use properties into vibrant pieces that people can live in and create little shops and so on. So we're going to be investing a couple million dollars in streetscape enhancements, right? That infrastructure piece that Paul talked about and people will come. We're already seeing businesses pop up. We really don't see a lot of businesses fail, especially in the last two years. You know, people are there to stay. They're doing well. Everyone's supporting our local businesses. And, you know, hotel, hotel, hotel would be wonderful. But we are definitely moving in a more dense future. So there's a lot of projects that are bringing more people in. 600 River Road was a big piece with Lou Vassone. You know, and Paul Wright, he's a great guy. He's a fun guy, too. He's just, He's a riot. And they're they're replicating that next to it. So that's another about 100 units, you know, higher end apartments right along the waterfront there. So I want more people to move to North Tonawanda when they say, well, I live in so-and-so, you can move. Don't worry about it, you know. So I might steal some of your Buffalo people, Paul, but, you know, it's all good. But not to go around. Yeah, that's right. But NT's doing great. It's it's a wonderful city. And uh, Paul moved there, okay? Yeah. You can live in on the top of the hotel once you finish it. Rising tide, right? Yeah. Floats right. on boats. That's right. That's uh that's I think that's gotta be, you know, one of the mottos we gotta really concentrate on. So Yeah. yeah. We should all be working together in Western New York. I mean I think if we are more as a as a overall community. I don't think it's a siloed out No. No, I, it's very collaborative. Yeah, I talked to Buffalo's council members that obviously see the the mayors of Buffalo, Niagara Falls, Lockport, you know. When we all do well, we all rise, like you're saying. Exactly. Well, thank you both so much for stopping by. Thank you. And it was great to doing this again. Yeah, thank you. Sounds good.